This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Rob Ryan Red podcast, brought to you as always, in association with Red 10 People Development. Rich is in Oslo, as he mentioned. Apparently very, very wet in Oslo, chucking it down with rain. He's taking shelter, watching Man United or covering Man United. So I thought, what better way than covering our our final podcast before going to America than speaking with somebody over in the States right now, long-time listener, uh, long-time friend, covering Wrexham, following Wrexham, Jamal. How are you doing? Whereabouts in America are you for the listener? Thanks for the uh, thanks for the welcome, Nathan. Uh, I am in Texas. Um, some people on Twitter may have seen me as the Wrexham Texan. I am just to specifically give you an idea. I'm on the southernmost tip of Texas, so I can literally throw a rock and hit Mexico. That's how south I am. Wow! So the so the power of technology is bringing us together for this podcast. Um, lots happened this week. We've had two new kits. We've had the away kit. We've had the third kit, which we knew were white and black. But we finally seen those. We've had, you know, preparation for the US tour. We've had Parky talking about transfers, um, broadcast announcements of how we'll be able to watch the preseason games, lots more debate on the back of last week's membership row, um, more debate about pricing, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But before we get into the podcast and before I start asking Jamal some questions, I did want to just offer up my condolences. Now, I know Rich is sending his condolences as well to Ben Toza and all his family with the, the tragic news this week that Ben Ben's dad has passed away um, shortly after a, a leukemia diagnosis. So I know that people will have seen it on social media. But for anyone that hasn't, I'm just going to read Ben's statement that he put out um, the other day with the caption, don't leave it too late. And he put, on Saturday, I was told my dad has leukemia, but it's treatable. On Sunday night, he required a brain operation, which went positively. Then last night, the unthinkable happened. Sadly, all of this happened because he left it too late. Unknowingly, he was masking the fact he was in he the fact he was complete agony Go and get checked, we regularly said. He was just too scared of what it could be. Thank you, Dad. Our last words together will live with me forever. I love you, and I hope we have all done you proud. And I know that Ryan Reynolds replied to that, and uh, I know Ben's brother Lee responded to Ryan and put his dad was his biggest fan. So just offering up my condolences there. I know that all the Wrexham family is, is rooting for Ben at a really difficult time, um, and I know met a couple of his family members over the time that he's been at the club, and yeah, sending all my love and, and, and all my condolence as well. And also to Rob um, McElhenney, not condolence, but he did put out as well that he'd, he shared a little bit of personal news that he'd been diagnosed 
with the with I'm going to get this right now because he um, put out a specific neuro uh, degenerative. Let's let me find it. What he said, Jamal, because it, again, I thought this was quite powerful and not the type of thing that he also shares. So he put Rob McElhenney. I was recently diagnosed with a host of neurodevelopmental disorders and learning disabilities at 46. I go through the full diagnosis on his own Sunny podcast in two weeks. It's not something I would normally talk about publicly, but I figured there are others who struggle with similar things, and I wanted to remind you that you're not alone. You're not stupid. You're not bad. It might feel that way sometimes, but it's not true. So absolutely brilliant stuff, I thought, from both of them. Really powerful, really inspirational stuff, and will make a difference. You know, Both of those things will make a massive difference. Um, if one more person goes and gets checked after symptoms for seeing bentos as um statement i think that's a really remarkable thing and if anyone in the rexham family or beyond is, is feeling a little bit lost um as as a, you know in in later life with with any kind of disorder or, or, or anything and they see rob McElhenney coming out i think that's really really powerful so anyway let's 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 lift the mood a little bit jamal kits i've texted you a little bit you seem to know your kits or we've, we've talked a bit about graphic design and kits in america and i see you sharing different things what did you make of firstly the home kit that we've seen but also the the more recent away and third kit yeah so um i i really like the home kit um my personal theory when it comes to kits simplicity lasts forever so i loved that the current home kit um it's simple not a lot going on. I do like the little added touch of the slit with the uh, collar. I just feel like it's unique. Years from now, when people look at it, it'll be they'll distinguish that easily because of the of the little slit. Um, but I like it. It's simple. It's very clean. I like the little um, dragons in the in the red. The little sublimination. Um, I have it. It's in my closet. Um, I just got it today, actually, here in the U.S. So um, I really like that. Now, a controversial take, I'm not crazy about the black kit. I don't like black kits in general. Um, I feel like we Ooh. had a point. In, I, I know. Sorry. we, But we had a point in the MLS where everyone was having black kits. Literally everyone. And it just got played out. You can't do too much with black. So it just, there was a lot of monotony, I felt like. Um, and keep in mind, I told you where I live. It is, I had to do the conversion here because we're Americans and we're, we do everything differently. Um, but I had to... To give you the Celsius degree, it's 38 degrees right now where I'm Wow. Living. So could you imagine Damn. wearing black? <laughs> I, yeah. I can imagine I can imagine black is the worst possible color to be wearing. I will not be bringing much black when I come out to LA for sure. Yeah, so that has something to do with it. I, I do love that it's not a simple black kid, or it's not plain, excuse me. There, there seems to be some, some sublimination there. Um, but now to the white. I like the white a lot. It's very clean. And again, in 38 degree weather, white is very fresh. There are some things that I do not like um, that really go against the grain of what what I personally believe in. Um, we don't have to get too deep into it, but I've told you I've worked for a club before. I worked in second division USL here in the US. Um, one thing, I worked in the sponsorship side of things. So I helped, um, actually my, my biggest my biggest achievement in my professional career, I don't know if you can see it, there's a kit back there that I designed. Um, so it was awesome. The The sponsorship went to a local charity that helped save sea turtles here on the Texas coast. And that's my baby. I'm proud of it. So I love kits. Now, one thing when I'm talking to these companies, we always love to work together so that the kit makes sense, so that the sponsorship makes sense on the kit. What I mean by that, 
the white is so clean. It's such a clean look, but I don't get why United went with that color uh, logo. And I've seen it on Twitter. People are talking about it already. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, the the United logo, if, we're, if, we're, if I'm playing devil's advocate, because I do agree with you, I said in a recent podcast, I thought it would be red. That would have made sense, or green. It isn't. It's blue, if you haven't seen it. United Airlines logo is blue. So if I'm playing devil's advocate, that is what their logo is. And of all three shirts, that's the only one that matches their current color scheme. So if if so, do do you think there's a possibility where they've gone? We have to have at least one of these three kits with blue. It wouldn't show on the black really, and I think there would have been a riot if they'd have put a blue logo on the on the red. Yeah, I'm I'm I think you're spot on. I think that's exactly how that combo went. Just selfishly speaking, I hate that it happened on the white one because the white one was my favorite out of the three. Um, and I will say another thing and. I know this isn't a macaron thing because I've seen their other kits. What's the deal with the logo with the crest and the macaron logo being so narrow? Did you notice that on the white? Yeah, kit? It, it it it's. I don't know whether it's to do with being closer to the because obviously if you, again if you haven't seen, it, I'm sure if you listened to this, you've seen the kit. But if you haven't, it's got the kind of sash running through the middle of it, hasn't it? And I don't know whether it's all just kind of been condensed in a little bit and kind of. Um, because yeah, one of the big things is is if I was designing a kit, I would love to have a stitched on badge. I get that that makes production much slower and much trickier um, when you're trying to do voluminous um, kits. But I'll, I'll read you what the club said about the kit. So the white macron away shirt features a dark green stripe down the center with red stripes either side. As with all three shirts, there is an embossed Wrexham spelt in Welsh on the reverse and a Welsh dragon on the nape. And obviously Vista print um, will be on the retail kit. So I, I think quickly what I will say is there's been a little bit of confusion about the whole new HP sponsorship. I did a video on YouTube about that um, and how we, that came about. And, and I'll reiterate that if you haven't watched that, and there's some, I've got a lot of questions on Instagram and Twitter about, well, I've bought the home kit. I don't have the HP logo. That isn't going on the replica kits. That is for the playing kits. Replica kits will feature Vista Print and will feature United. So if you have the home kit, don't worry. It's not going to be outdated. You're not going to suddenly appear with a HP logo on the black kit or the white kit. So don't worry at all. Um, the kit is not going to be outdated. But as for the white, you're, so you're saying of the three, do you prefer the red? Are you going red, white, and black as your top three? I, I'm i going white, white, red, and black. And it's white, tough, red, and black season. I just yeah. Well, I love I love kits. I have a ton. I collect kits, and the what makes a kit a home run for me a ten out of ten is if I can wear it casually out and about. And it for me personally, it, it's tough wearing red. Like I love red. All my favorite clubs are red. I grew up loving Liverpool red, Wrexham red. Um, you know, so I love red. But wearing it casually on like a non game day, I'm a bigger guy. It's I look like the Kool Aid Man when I wear red. So. <laughs> Jamal, uh, you'll be pleased to know that Rich texts me. I, he might hate me for saying this, but he texts me the other day when he was leaving the house and he said, I want to wear one of my Rex and kids casually and red just doesn't look normal. It looks abnormal going without the... So he is echoing your thoughts 100%. So he was saying that, he, I just want to wear one of my Rex and kids out, but red looks odd. It doesn't look. It doesn't seem to make any sense. So yeah, um, yeah. So, the, so the kits are out. So we have the kits for the season. And I'm going to go for me. You know what? I, 
I've said it before, I pre-ordered the black. Pre-ordered the black kit before I saw it, which I never would have thought I would have done. Um, and and the, the key interesting thing on that that it was quite hard to distinguish on the image, so maybe we'll see it better in person, is that um, the black shirt features a pattern on the front, which kind of looks like paint strokes, like brush strokes, but actually they say it's 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 an it's kind of a a design inspired by Wrexham and, and the North Wales coal mining industry, which obviously we'll see it in 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 reality in person what what that looks like. But I think that's a very nice touch, especially given we've lost the. 1934 Gresford disaster tribute which we've had on on last season shirts so I guess the proof is in the pudding on that one how how that one looks I love when kids have those little subliminal messages like that or little you know nods to history um I will say when I first saw the black kid to me the first thing I thought of was the new cop being built from what we've seen the the renderings the the black outside that's what I thought that it was supposed to resemble so um, I could see where they're going with that. And I that that's what I was saying that I do like that it's not just a plain black kit. There looks like there's a, there's more to it. There's a story with it. So I, it's not, again, I could see why everyone, especially in, in Wrexham specifically, are excited because you haven't been allowed to wear a black kit, correct, in the National League. Right. And Rob McElhenney, this, is, this has been his dream for three years. I saw that wearing yeah, a black on Twitter. Kit. Yeah. So but, this has been his dream and we couldn't wear it in the National League. He can now. So I think at, we know we've got at least one happy fan, at one happy customer with the black, at least two, me and Rob McElhenney. But um, it'll be interesting. They'll all fly off the shelves. What I would say, but we're going to get into it shortly about America, the reaction in America. I do hope, and this is not insider intel if you listen to this on the way out, I don't know. But I would hope that merchandise, specifically shirts, is available on the tour. Because if not, I think there's a lot of money being left on the table there. That's a huge opportunity. And you know what? Like, I want to get a white kit. I don't know if I'm going to do it because I bought the red and I feel like I had to do red. I, I want to go back to Wrexham and I want to wear red when I go to Wrexham. But honestly, the thing that turns me off, and I'm sure, like you said, we'll talk about prices later. I'm paying 90 to 100 some dollars for these MLS kits, EPL kits. I don't feel guilty buying a Wrexham kit where I feel guilty is paying the shipping. So I'm sure there's so many other fans in the U.S. that want to make that plunge, but they once they see the total price after you check out, like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. I wasn't anticipating an extra 20 or 30. I forgot what it was. So I hope they bring more merchandise because that's a missed opportunity if they don't. One thing that I haven't been able to ask anybody, uh, Nate, and I want to get your thoughts. So the club I work for, we eventually show, we eventually provided replica kits and player issue kits. Is there a day when Wrexham has replica and player issued for self? So as far as we've had it, it's always been replica kits. So in terms of usually that doesn't have all of the badges and branding, you can probably find suppliers that do these sorts of things now. The internet's a wonderful place. You can buy numbers and badges. And I mean, Wrexham in recent years haven't been doing their own number printing and, and names on the back and all that sort of thing. So there's been other external companies in Wrexham that do a brilliant job doing that. As for, I, I've seen it recently because I, I said on last week, I think I might have said it the week before, I'm working on this big price of football um, chart to really get a sense of what everybody is paying. And I have noticed in the kind of Premier League and Championship player issue, you know, match style shirts, and they are considerably more, 90, 100 pounds, 120 in some of the Premier League cases. So who knows? Right now, as far as I've known, Rexham, it's always been replica kits and they've always been super easy to get. 
until about two years ago. Um, there wasn't super easy to get, but I guess before we before we move on, the last point on the kit then, if we've got any UK listeners, what how bad is how bad is the import cost in terms of shipping and and because you know the idea of having a a US hub or a US distributor seems like post second season of the documentary definitely a necessity going into next year. Uh, it's important to get that done. So I'm, I, while you were talking, I was pulling up my receipt that I have here. The shipping was 20 pound, which it's like nearly 30 bucks shipping, 30 US dollars. So again, I consider myself not just Wrexham, but football in general. I'm a pretty diehard fan, especially when it comes to kids. I don't think a lot of people are going to pay $30 just for shipping. So I think it's important. I could see you being East Coast based since, you know, Philly's there and, and I think Ryan lives in New York. Uh, right. Most of the, I could see it being based in the East Coast, but they need to figure something out because $30 for a casual fan, it's going to deter a lot of people from, from making that payment. So Jamal, moving on then to the tour. This is the week Chapel Hill, as, as the song is, will go into the chapel. The song goes, um, or I am at least. I know lots of other people are. 51,000 tickets sold for that college campus game, Keenan Stadium. We saw images of the pitch being laid. If you haven't, go check out on Twitter, Rob Ryan Red. Lots of images of the, of the special grass being put on top of the artificial turf there, um, which got mixed reviews, I have to say. I think a lot of people panicking about injuries on on a, on a new surface we'll see I'll, I'll give you all the details of that when we're out there but Jamal the question I want to ask you is what is it going to be like for Wrexham because we saw the the kind of the fanatic fandom of the TNT T, TST TST um, tournament which was okay it had Mark Howard but a lot of the players were retired not on the documentary not really known about a couple of American kids this is the first this is Paul Mullin this is Ollie Palmer this is Elliot Lee how are you imagining the reaction to be when when the lads get over? I've been having this internal argument with myself because I have about four different non-related buddies going to that match, but they're going for Chelsea. They were also going when Pulisic was uh, still with Chelsea, so I know a few of them are a little bummed out about that, but two of them are hardcore Chelsea fans. They're going to see Chelsea. I personally, when I first heard about this, I thought it was going to be majority Chelsea fans. And I, I kind of still feel that's going to be the case. Um, we've talked about this, Nathan, in the past. Wrexham is popular. It's still not mainstream. And that's a scary thing with everything that's happening right now. Like, Wrexham fever is here, but I have this thing called the mom test where if my mom knows what it is, then it's mainstream. Like, my mom watches no sports. She knows who LeBron James is. She knows who Messi is, right? She still doesn't know who Wrexham is. There's going to be a day, and I don't know if it's a year from now, two years from now, she's going to know who Wrexham is based on what we're seeing and the trajectory that we're going towards. But we're not in that main mainstream just yet. And um, I feel like, personally, I think it's going to be a little bit more Chelsea fans. Um, I could be completely off there, but I I think it'll be like 60-40. If I'm taking a haven't. So that's the mission. We need to pass the Jamal mum test if we if we do that in the next year or two years or three years so we're not going to get Rexus players mobbed at the airport probably but it, it will be an interesting experience I think there'll be a, I think for these players we've got to understand that 
before coming to Wrexham, they haven't been mobbed by you know lots of people wanting autographs and playing in front of fifty one thousand people. It it will be a it will be a remarkable occasion because I don't think this college campus is as as big and grand as it is. I don't think they've ever hosted a football soccer as it'll be as it'll be referred to over there soccer match football match, and so I think it'll be a really unbelievable moment for these players and, and a sign of wow what moment to be with this team because basically it's the most well-known team outside of the Premier League probably in terms of the states I mean I don't think there's a championship league one uh, or league two team that can touch you think well if you don't if you're counting Mexico so Mexico has a huge following in the U.S. there's more Mex Liga Mex Liga MX Mexican League fans in the U.S. than there is in Mexico so okay. if you're counting them I would say no not counting Mexico then yeah Wrexham would probably be the most well-known team outside of the EPL and and before we get into, I've got a great chat coming up with a, a Chelsea writer. But before we maybe touch on that, you're, say, you're saying Wrexham's not in the mainstream. We've had one season of the documentary, and it was amazing. I was looking on Twitter before, and I saw a guy, I forget his name now, but it was funny that he said he almost doesn't want to follow Wrexham week to week because the reason he loved the show so much is he didn't know anything about the team or how they did, and so it, in a weird way. As a fan, and you know, I, I follow it daily, consume it daily. He almost wanted to avoid. He kept saying he wants to avoid spoilers, and it was a really interesting way of looking at it because it's not really a TV show, right? It's it's, it's not constructed reality or, or whatever. It's just real life, and it's also been documented on film. And it's up for six Emmy awards. Congratulations to Ryan Reynolds and FX and Rob McElhenney and all the crew. Um, that is amazing uh, being up for any Emmy award, and six is remarkable. Um, but but what do you think Doc season two will do? Because that involves, you know, huge success. <laughs> if anyone's listening doesn't want spoilers, obviously involves a great deal of success. And, you know, is that going to reach more audiences, do you think? Um, I mean, I guess before I, I answer that, I wish I had that guy's mentality because then I wouldn't have to dish out, what, like 200 bucks for the season past. Um, so I would have saved a couple, couple pennies there. But um, yeah, I think, Season one of Wrexham was just articles you'd read, billboards you'd see in, in Hollywood especially. I know they had a bunch of billboards out there. Um, but a lot of people weren't watching the matches beforehand. You have season one now. You have people that have actually seen these guys in action, have been keeping up with with the team. They're telling their friends about it. I know there's so many people uh, here in the U.S. that are starting these like watch groups in the morning. Um so, yeah, I think you're going to see a, a significant spike. And the fact that now they're in league as well, um, it's going to be easier to watch them. It, it wasn't the easy. I mean, yeah, now that I think about it, you couldn't even watch them until middle of last season and the series had already finished. So now you can actually turn on the TV and watch them. You're going to see a significant spike. And like I said, this thing still has a lot of room to grow. Like the U.S. is such a large market and it's going to happen. So I'm I'm really excited for the ride. And and before we get into the chat, so basically, if you want to watch the preseason games, the Chelsea match, if you're in the UK, will be on Chelsea's Fifth Stand app. I believe that's free to download. If you're in the States, that game is going to be on ESPN2, ESPN+, Plus. I think it's ESPN Deportes. And if you want to watch the Man United game in San Diego, that is on MUTV in the UK and also on ESPN2. So non-US-based fans getting on ESPN is... A big deal, I would say, and uh, 
you know, that is a, a big deal. It's got a massive subscriber base. And uh, and the other two games, I've, some people have asked me, how do I watch the Philadelphia Union game? How, how do I watch the um, LA Galaxy DOS game? It seems like they're on MLS Next. I think it's MLS Next Pro um, or the MLS League Pass, which is on Apple TV. So if you don't have that, I think that might be tricky, but more details I'll put on social media when I can work out how to how to follow those because I'll be in LA for one, but I won't be there for for Philadelphia. So I think it's MLS Next Pro. I'll try and put the link in the description that someone sent me um, in the podcast description. So check that yeah. out. If not. I mean, have you got any of them, Jamal? Yeah, I have all of them. I have all of them. Oh, I'm shoot. just up with. I, I try to watch football around the world. I, I actually woke up at 5 a.m. today to watch Japanese football, um, just to wow. kind of fill the fit the fill the uh, the fix while while you know Wrexham and Liverpool are out. But uh, I'm curious about the Apple Plus thing. So the Apple uh, streaming just started. MLS Next Pro. It's a whole new league. Um, this is the second year. Um, basically. So MLS and USL have this little like rift right now and MLS created MLS Next Pro. So all of the young, better players are with MLS Next Pro, kind of like the NBA G League um, without getting too in-depth about it. But I know the TV rights are so strict with one another. So because Wrexham is playing, I don't know if Apple's going to have it. Um, right. Even like my like Houston Dynamo, whenever they play uh, a team in Mexico, they won't show it on Apple Plus. I have to watch all the Mexican channels. So, so what do you um, what do you what do you think? To, sorry to interrupt. What do you think the quality is going to be like of the MLS Next Pro teams, as in LA Galaxy Two, because they, they are complete unknown quantities. I have no idea. I, I have no preconception of they're going to be great, or they're going to be average, or they're going to get bullied off the ball. I have no clue. If they're playing Wrexham's first team, they're going to get bullied. Um, they'll they they'll have the quality, but keep in mind these kids. The oldest is going to be twenty one, twenty two if they're lucky. So MLS Next Pro. The focus is on 22 and younger. So you have a, t- a ton of kids. You'll have 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds. So if Wrexham is going to go out with their A squad, um, the kids will get bullied. And that was one thing that we noticed in the USL. Our team initially was a developmental team for the Houston Dynamo, and we we're just getting bullied off the field. Like, soccer is not like basketball where the age discrepancy won't show. In football, excuse me, c- could you imagine Tozer botting a 16-year-old kid? like... <laughs> I mean, it'll, I'm, not it'll, even, I'm not even sure if that's legal. I don't, I don't want to imagine that because I feel like that's just cruel. We just need to take mercy on him. But that will be really interesting because the Chelsea game, we know we're going to get a couple of big names. You're probably going to get your Raheem Sterling, your Ben Chilwell, your Reese James, experienced international players. That it'll be a great moment for our lads to play them. But the MLS Next Pro, that will be fascinating because that could go one or two ways. They could look like Lionel Messi, eleven Lionel Messi's, or they could get absolutely, you know, taught a, a very bruising lesson, I think. So the good thing with, with MLS Next Pro is it's easy to to move your players up and down. It's it's nothing like other leagues. So Philadelphia might bring down a few of their A-list players to maybe, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be an agreement beforehand, 10, 15 minutes of our, of our starters, and then we'll coast it from there. Um, because if they truly go with their actual MLS Next Pro team against Wrexham, it, it'll be pretty bloody. <laughs> right then, let's get into a chat now with Chelsea writer Jamie Skelly, who writes for Absolute Chelsea, big Chelsea fan. And and I picked his brains on on what we can expect, what's been happening with Chelsea. I know that a lot of their players um, sold. Who are we going to see play Wrexham? What does he think about the idea that Wrexham could beat Chelsea in Maurizio Pochettino's first game and here is what you had to tell me when we spoke earlier this week 
So a bit of match preview, because it's the last podcast I'm doing before I jet out to the States, which I've been saying for about six, seven, eight weeks now that I'm going and making everyone jealous. Um, Chapel Hill's the first game, first official preseason game we'll have had. We've had the inter-squad game. We've had a game against Baller. So I thought I'd get someone who knows a lot more about Chelsea than I do. Jamie Skelly, writer uh, and, you know, Chelsea Chelsea fan. Chelsea, Chelsea yeah. fan, Chelsea writer. Hey. Um, Chelsea perhaps fan. at Chelsea, big Chelsea fan. Jamie... What firstly, what is the mood like among Chelsea fans going into play Wrexham? Oh wow, that's a really interesting one. I think I don't know if there's necessarily a big kind of atmosphere with with Wrexham specifically. I think it's just like first game of preseason is like it's exciting. It's always exciting every season seeing new players, especially if you've got a new manager like we have. How you gonna line up, new formation, all that stuff. Um, I think people are excited. There's maybe a touch of trepidation because obviously Wrexham are a few leagues below us and it's pre-season and, and pre-season can maybe throw up kind of funny results and there is a chance that Wrexham could beat Chelsea which I don't think would probably go down that well amongst the fan base so there's maybe a bit of trepidation that if if Wrexham turn us over then oh god is everything a disaster but I, I think people are, are excited to go and to see some of the players that that have been brought in um, and yeah I think people are looking forward to it. We've got a very well-known American-Canadian ownership group, as you know. I don't need to explain who they are. You have got your own American owner. Um, What has been the mood around Todd Bowley? And kind of, because again, we've had a lot of American interest in in Wrexham, obviously a lot of new fans. Chelsea, a big, big club, but Todd Bowley's ruffled a few feathers, it seems like. I think the interesting thing is, obviously, if you look at it, like when you were bought by your American owners they were seen as like a massive improvement on what you've had before whereas for us I mean we were club world champions just won Champions League so Bravimich was kind of like you know the holy grail in a way for Chelsea fans when he bought us in 2003 so fans really really obviously liked everything that you've done for the club so we're kind of coming at our ownership from a different perspective from you I think that people have have, I think people were really happy when Bodhi came in I think lots of people were sold on the ideas and the way that he wanted to run things. Uh, he's definitely ruffled a few feathers. I mean, sacking two call early doors was a big, big call that didn't, if we're being honest, didn't really pay off because Potter came in and, and that, that went horribly wrong as well. So he's made a few big calls that haven't worked. Um, obviously, in the summer, selling some of the players, such as Mason Mount, that people had a kind of a big affinity towards, hasn't necessarily gone down that well either. Um, but I think, at least from my perspective, I quite like the fact that he's trying. You know, I feel like your owners, they're trying, they're really involved in the club. Todd is trying. He spent an awful lot of money. He's really giving it his best shot. And now I think that we're slightly further into the process. We're beginning to see some of that vision come through a bit more. We've got in sporting directors now that are in charge of transfers and the transfers are kind of beginning to make a bit more sense. Um We've just recently, uh, not Chelsea, but the owners have recently bought Strasbourg in France. Um, I think there's talk of buying a club in Portugal potentially as well and a team in Brazil. So I think they want to build like a multi-club model, which could be really beneficial to Chelsea. Um, so yeah, I think that kind of on the face of it now, it's it's all a bit chaotic. But I'm I'm fairly confident that Todd is Todd and, and his team and Iqbali and all the other people that maybe don't get quite as much press will all be that they're, they're good guys and that they're going to do a good job with the club. Well, we'll see after the, uh, the Wrexham game what Chelsea Twitter <laughs> is, uh, is is looking like. What kind of 
because we're playing LA Galaxy reserves, we're playing Philadelphia Union reserves, they're not going to have household names, we're playing Man United's reserves. Again, there are not going to be many familiar faces there. With Chelsea, this is Maurizio Pochettino, get on to him shortly, his first game. Our fans, I mean, there's 51,000 tickets sold, sellout game. It's going to be on ESPN too. It's going to be on the fifth stand-up for fans. Is it really? I didn't know that. Lots, great. lots of interest. Are Chelsea going to put out a couple of showstoppers, do you think? I I expect them to put out a fairly strong team, barring kind of internationals returning, because obviously there's players coming back from international duty that maybe won't feature because they haven't got their fitness quite up. But barring... I think that's probably maybe Enzo Fernandez might not play and maybe Levi Colwell and Noni Madueke because they've just won the Euros. But apart from them, I think I'd expect a fairly strong team to be put out, to be honest. We haven't got loads of players in the squad, so there's not that many to pick from. I mean, looking at some of the bigger names, Raheem Sterling, Thiago Silva, Rhys James, Ben Chilwell, they've all been at pre-season since the first day. So they'll all be kind of as fit as anybody. So I imagine they'll get a good run out especially players like James and Chilwell with their injury records, they'll need to build up their minutes in pre-season. So I think you'll see them. Um, beyond that, if you're looking for household names, I think you might struggle, to be honest, because we've sold them all. Um, there's not that many left. I, I think you might see quite, not necessarily, like a, you messaged me before talking about you don't want to see us against the under-18s. It might not be an under-18s team. It might be an under-23s team, purely because everyone is just, apart from the people I just named, under the age of 23. Um, I think, yeah, there's lots of returning loanees coming back that will be hungry to impress Poch. So I think it will be fairly competitive because beyond the kind of household names, there's lots of players in that squad that are, are fighting for a place in the team to not be sold or sent out on loan. Um, so I think it will be a good game and I think you'll see a few of the bigger names make make decent minutes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure, like you said, those you did mention, Sterling and, and Chilwell and James, I'm sure they'll get 45 or half an hour or whatever Pochettino decides. It's really interesting for Wrexham because we're we're very set out our stall. Three five two people know what know how Wrexham are gonna play, how Phil Parkinson wants to play. We're very set. He's got no real desire to change that. Bought players to fit our system. Again, given the chopping and changing of management, I do we quite know yet what, what we're gonna get out of Chelsea, what Pochettino, we've seen what he's done historically, but difficult to know what Wrexham are going to be coming up against system wise. I'd say it's. I'd say yeah, it is difficult actually because Pochettino's been out of the job for a year now. Um, he spent a year between being here and being being at PSG, and even at PSG because he had to, he sort of had to include Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi, which is is not the worst thing in the world. But he had to sort of include them all in his team. A lot of people said that it kind of compromised the way that he wants to play there as well. So you can't really judge his time at PSG either, which means that when you're looking back for kind of a reference point, you're going all the way back to 2019 at Spurs, which is, what, four years ago? So it's, it is it is difficult to predict how Chelsea are going to line up. I think if you go online, a lot of people are sort of suggesting it will be a 4-2-3-1. Um, I think they'll press a lot. I think that's what Pochettino wants to do. I think people might be surprised at how fit the team actually is. Um I know Pochettino, a lot of people are saying he's really working the players really hard on their fitness in pre-season. This talk of like this kind of infamous test that he does called the Gasson test or something. I don't know if I've pronounced that right. It sort of sounds a bit like a really difficult bleep test to anyone who knows what that is. Um, but yeah, I think they'll be really fit and really sharp, um, or at least as sharp as you can be for a first pre-season game. But in terms of formation, I think it's 
difficult to predict. I, I'd suspect a four-two-three-one. Um, the strikers that we've got, Jackson and Brozier, I think are quite good for the ball, and we've got lots of wingers that like to kind of maybe make more direct runs, a bit like Son did back in the day, Mudricks and Sterlings. I think that could suit them. But I, I agree with what you say. It will be difficult to predict how Chelsea line up. I wouldn't be surprised if they use multiple formations, to be honest, because it you know it's pre-season. It's a good time to experiment. But but yeah, I'd say the one thing that I would say fair, fairly certainly is they'll be quite fit and they will press. Yeah, I'll be I'll be really interested looking online to see how people, or just at the game, to see how people react to Wrexham's players. Because as much as we're asking about, you know, which Chelsea player is going to play and we've seen them on TV, much of the Wrexham players, I would imagine, are not on the radar of, of the bulk of Chelsea fans. One player who would have been on the radar of fans on both sides would have been Christian Pulisic. It looks like he's either out the door by the time this comes out or, or very close to being out the door. It just didn't work out for him at, at Chelsea, the American. No. I mean, I think when he was brought in, that was kind of the thing, wasn't it? It's like this big American signing. I know last summer as well, because obviously we went out to America then, played a game in North Carolina where we've been playing Wrexham. And Pulisic is kind of the poster boy, isn't he? He's the captain of the national team. He just didn't really work out. He came in um, after being injured, I think. He didn't really start the first few games. He, his, he was brought in under Sarri, actually, initially. And then when he came into the club, Lampard was in charge. So already kind of a state of flux as is often the case at Chelsea. He had really good first season, especially post-lockdown, did really well. But just lots of injuries, lots of little niggles. We'd kind of get going again, maybe start playing well, and then he'd get injured again. And then it takes him a while to build up his form. And, you know, sometimes you just have these players where you can see that the talent's there, but for whatever reason, you know, it just doesn't quite come through. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been disappointing, to be honest, to see Pulisic not really deliver as much as I think people would have hoped. I think he could do quite well at AC Milan. I just think he needs a consistent consistent run of games. Yeah, and, and again, maybe lastly then, have Wrexham kind of hit your radar now? I mean, they're quite hard to miss with the with the amount of sponsorships and branding and, and we had the cup run and, I mean, who knows? It, with Chelsea out of Europe, there could be a Carabao Cup meeting if, if, if stars align, right? So uh, what have you made of just someone who's writing about football and, and following it? Wrexham seems to be the... The, the hot ticket, the hot team, right? The, the story. Right, the, the story, story, right. Um, yeah. No, I think it's been fantastic, to be honest. I, I've seen the the show on, is it Apple? On, on Disney, got, right? On Disney. Disney, sorry, yeah. it's on Disney. Yeah, no, I've, I've watched that. That's great. Um, I think it's fantastic to see you guys coming up through Division. I'm, I'm fairly aware of you guys. I obviously watched the games against Sheffield United that were really, really great, to be honest. They were fantastic. Um I think, yeah, it's it's interesting because I sort of look at Wrexham and I don't know a lot about lower league football, but I sort of wonder, like, obviously, you're obviously just very good. Like, are you even too good for League Two? Possibly, because we've obviously spent a lot of money and the quality of plays we've got. I mean, Paul Mullen is probably too good for League Two. And then you put in a, a decent game against Sheffield United, which maybe you played up, but, you know, you're still obviously a very strong team. I, in terms of awareness, yeah, I think lots of people are aware of Wrexham is all over my social media obviously your owners are fantastic at that side of things and and building the American audience I think from your end it'll probably be really fascinating to see how it goes over in America because I guess in in Britain at least it's maybe really difficult to build into the kind of the fan market because everyone's really entrenched with who they support you know like yeah, as unlikely that kids growing up in London or maybe going to say that they're going to support Wrexham if sure. Arsenal's right there. But in America, it feels like 
there's a lot more potential for that. So it'd be interesting to see how you go over there. But I, yeah, I, I know, I think I know a handful of players, to be honest, right. which I think is more than I can say for any other League Two team. There you go. Um, there you go. I'm, so interested, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what the kind of reaction is at the day before open training. Obviously, Chelsea is a huge Premier League team, but Wrexham, I've got so many fans across the States now. I'll be interested to see if they get the kind of superstar treatment as well, you know, and see, see how they... Because I'm not, speaking to some of the players, they are still wrapping their heads around the attention they get when they go away. Yeah, I, I can believe that. Um, I know, did you go... There was a big celebration, was it, in... Las in Vegas, Las, Las Vegas, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, it will be interesting. It's it's weird because obviously Chelsea have sold lots of their kind of marquee names as well. So I don't know if there's going to be unless you really know football over in America that are going to know loads of the Chelsea players. I mean, obviously beyond Thiago Silva or the players that I've mentioned, people are going to know who Carney Chukwemeka is. They're not going to know who Lewis Hall is probably or anyone like that. So. I actually think it, it might be interesting that I think if your support base is really big out there, that I think a lot of the, the Wrexham players might be better known than, than some of the Chelsea players, which is really weird for considering the kind of disparity in in kind of quality and the kind of coverage that each side gets. But, but yeah, I'd be interested to see how that, that kind of whole commercial side of it plays out over there. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, Jamal, the big... We have to touch on it again, and I don't want to sound like a broken record because I know me and Rich made a long, drawn-out point about it last week with membership, but prices has been the uh, almost the sacrilegious word on, on Twitter this week. It's all anyone's been talking about, the £90 um, kids goalkeeper kit, the, you know, everything that is going up now. Um, and, and, it's, and it's caused... Dare I say it's caused a toxicity on social media, right? Which is not that hard to do nowadays, but it's definitely caused a rift. And, and I think that rift has shown between old fans and new fans, which is what we don't want. You know, we don't really want um, people butting heads when everybody's everybody wants the same thing. We all want Wrexham to be successful. We just don't want to be successful at the point of pricing people out of going, right? And you've been to Wrexham. You saw Wrexham. You saw Southend. God, South End. On a side note, you know they had their adjournment today. They've got forty-two days to to basically pay their debt, or they're in trouble again. Wrexham have been there. Fans have saved the club. Amazing. Saw all that in the documentary. Could talk about it forever. But 
on the price in front of you, the reason one of the main reasons I wanted to get you to to come on because you 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 can see both sides of it. You've visited Wrexham, you've met the people in the community, you've eaten in the fat boy, you've done all these things, but yet you also understand the American market and a lot of the people defending these price rises, you know, which is um, more 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 on tickets. Um, you're now having to pay for commentary. You're now having to pay um, extra for kits. That you know they'll introduce stadium tours, all all these things that are generating more revenue, and we're getting all these sponsorship deals at the same time, which are generating huge revenue. Where do you fall on the whole issue? Because a lot of people that seem to be defending it are Americans, saying this is the price of success. This is what we voted for. Basically, if you want to climb the leagues, you're going to have to accept paying more. And and more of the locals have said, "Hang on, this is too much, too soon." It's obviously a very nuanced debate, but where do you sort of fall on it? Uh, I mean, before anything else, you know, just I, I wish the best for South End. I gained so much respect at that game, at the match that I was at. Those fans were loud, loud, and it was that blizzard game, so it was cold. It took a lot just to be out there. So I, I, I follow them after that match on Twitter just out of respect. So I hope, I hope they get everything sorted out because they deserve to have a club. Um, so back to your point, I'm trying to make this as, as quick as possible. So where I currently live, we're the poorest county in the country. In the entire United States, we're the poorest county. I I got the itch, especially after visiting Wrexham, to just be involved in football again. I, I don't work in football anymore, and, and I had the itch. So I've been talking to some investors about bringing a club to where I currently live in, in Cameron County. I get the same feedback. It's it, at the end of the day, it just comes down to money. And keep in mind, I'm trying to bring the lowest level of football, the NPSL, here to where I live. And it got me thinking about Rex and with everything going on. And a lot of times, I bite my tongue on Twitter because I don't live there. Um, I wasn't a part of saving the club. It's a whole different. It's just a whole different situation in Rex, and, and I'm not anyone to say. I'll try to give my two cents every now and then, but. I can't give a definitive answer, but I, I tell that story because whenever these people, whenever in the U.S. you bring a club into a market, so much research goes into it, so much surveying goes into it. That didn't happen with Wrexham. Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhenney found this club. It had its own stadium. They had their reasons to it. So the folks at Wrexham are just being bombarded with these prices that they might have not have been prepared for. There's a way to do it. And I, I think they missed on a few things. Um, but I, I'm sympathetic to the people at Wrexham because they didn't, not that they didn't ask for it, but a lot of times people will do the research and maybe Wrexham wasn't ready to have a Premier League club so soon. And I mean, it looks like if things go as, as they're going, they're going to get it sooner than later. So... I'm not so one thing I'll never say is this is what you signed up for this is what you asked for because yeah everyone wants their club to to flourish and do well but not at this rate and like yeah I flew into London I took a train to Wrexham there's a big difference between London and Wrexham I, I loved Wrexham I'm not trying to speak down on it at all but um financially it's it's not there where London was at and it, it reminded me a lot of home just it's a very blue collar town People were very friendly, and that's usually the case with these blue-collar towns. So I'm very, I guess sympathetic is the word. I'm very empathetic. I don't know why, and from an international fan, even I had to think twice about buying a membership. I had to think 
three times about buying the TV pass. It's not cheap. And that's because I already support an MLS club. I pay $100 to be able to watch them a year. I support Liverpool. I buy the Peacock app. I pay a month just to watch them. It's another investment that I'm into. And I eventually bit the bullet, but you know it, it does cost money to support these clubs. So when these American fans get on and they're saying, "Well, you asked for this," like it's not the case. Like they didn't ask for it, or not not like this. I said on Twitter, I think they should have implemented a point system. I think that would have been the easiest way to kind of ease everybody into spending more. What I would have done, and again, this is just me bird's eye view, not really into the weeds of things, but. Those fans that were buying away tickets before the takeover, they would have had this like legacy pass or legacy points. And international fans get a, another, a different value of points for buying the TV uh, coverage or for buying kits from overseas. And kind of just base it off that where those loyalty, those legacy points will get priority over the international fans. Um, but it's just a way of keeping people happy because I couldn't imagine... I can go right now to my local USL club, buy a ticket, game day, see them anytime I want away. I couldn't imagine losing that overnight. So I see where the people of Wrexham are coming from. I don't think the answer is, well, you asked for this, take it or leave it. Um, I just, I feel like it was all very sudden, very soon. Or it if happened it, very suddenly. If if I was, again, I often like to do this on the podcast because you're making lots of valid points that I also feel very similarly to if I was playing devil's advocate and I'm in the Wrexham boardroom and I say, well, Jamal, we've got 35,000 kits and supply and demand. There's more demand than kits. So whatever we price these at, we'll sell 35,000. From their point of view, they're getting more money from that, right? So they're just looking at it going, we'll shift 35,000 kits, no problem. We're, we could probably sell 50,000. We're probably 15,000 short, maybe. And maybe more after the documentary. Has there got to be that nuance to it? Um, I'm asking a sort of rhetorical question here because the answer is yes. But it, you know, if they look at it and go, "Well, hang on, we 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 can sell these uh, commentary passes, we can sell these uh, TV passes, we can sell all these tickets on top of we we they're building a new stand that still won't be enough. Can sell all these things, or is it a bit short-sighted and that damn in in two years if the prices go up the same rate there'll be a lot of locals that just cannot afford to keep keep going so before I, I answer that let me just say i don't i think the american fans are getting priced fairly um i i said i had to bat, bat an eye about purchasing the membership or the tv pass but i don't think that i was overcharged i think that was fair the international fan charge as much as you want if they have money to go to rexham and see the see the uh the race race course, they'll be fine, you know, dishing out 80, 90 bucks for, for, uh, for a kit. Um, my, my answer to that, if, if I was told that in the board meeting is what you're doing, really matching the core values that you said you were going to, going to have with this club, you, you dug yourself a hole by having all these cameras in and, and being very transparent with what your plans for this club were. And in the docuseries, you said, we're going to keep the people at Wrexham top of mind is what you're doing doing that currently that would be my question to them i think so one thing i thought of why and maybe you could answer this why wasn't there like if you can provide a, a rex some id you get some sort of discount at the shop 
Is something like that feasible? I mean, keep in mind, everything that's happening is unprecedented. So I feel like the solution will have to be unprecedented. So would that be something? You get a special discount if you have a Rexham ID and you go to the shop? I, I firstly, to, you, you know, you said unprecedented. I think that's that's totally fair. And so I know the club are taking a lot of criticism, a lot of heat at the minute, and we're we're just trying to have an open, honest debate here, as as people are on, on Twitter. And it is a very interesting debate, and it's you know not easy. If, if we were in the boardroom, we'd have lots of ideas about how to do it. And there's there's all these things, investors and, and sponsors, and all these things, and everybody wants to make money and make it sustainable and and, and X Y Z, but. It, it's tricky because they're getting critiqued on the fly with every decision. But I think that the membership benefits, we spoke about that last week. It didn't quite seem to, you know, more commercial, more kind of commercial discount would be good in the shop. Yes, yeah, you know, kind of in the shop with with sponsors. They've done that now with the United um, and you were saying in Houston, that'd be great because United flights go through there. But in the UK, it's pretty much, I think, Edinburgh and London Heathrow. Um the issue is they're they're learning or they're making mistakes or they're or they're making successes in the public eye, right? They're being judged super quickly and they're not um, a, a Premier League team yet. As much as they've got the attention of one or, or kind of a top end of the Championship, they're a League Two team or just become a League Two team again. So um, the the main thing I think of Jamal when I was I I I kind of bit my tongue as well on Twitter, especially on my personal account about the the price issue is that. One of the things I get told is that when people watch the documentary, one of the things that stood out most was the community, right? It wasn't really the action. I mean, as much as we loved Phil's enthusiasm meter and um, some of the other little things, you know, from the players, it it was more about Sean and Annette and Wayne and, uh, you know, other Julie and all these other other people that were that were in the show and about the community and the reason you and others I assume wanted to come was not necessarily for the team so much but for the community and because of what you'd seen on the show and you wanted to experience that and see what that community was like and so surely preserving that as long as possible or as in the best way possible is and that's not asking for a free ride I don't want to see you and other international fans gouged purely to keep it affordable for me right like that's not what I'm asking but there's a, we have a fan advisory board. I know they met this week. There's, there's just got to be maybe more dialogue, more communication, more open transparency with this is what we're looking at doing and these are the kind of hikes that we're looking at making because people having to make a lot of decisions. I know US, I'm, look, you don't have to buy the kit. You don't have to, that's what I always get as well. You don't have to buy the kit. You don't have to buy the pass. You don't have to go to the games. That, that ultimately isn't going to fly with me because we want to buy the kit, we want to watch the games, and we want to support the football club. So surely, as I said about the doc, preserving that, 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 that thing that everybody wants to bottle up and see and visit and experience is central to the whole thing. Without that, you know, what, 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 what have we got really? Yeah, and then I've told people this before. The crazy thing about that doc, I watched it for the football and then like mid-season, I'm like, wait a second, there's not a lot of football here. Um, so yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, it was more about the community. I felt like me personally living in the in the poorest county in the U.S., I was kind of living vicariously through that docuseries because I saw a lot of similarities and, and I wanted to go see it for myself. I think it's important to, at the end of the day, whoever's making the decisions there, to just remember what got you here. And the story of Wrexham being saved 
by its fans is something incredible, something remarkable. And if you're gonna if you're gonna distance your fans with these price hikes, is it even worth it at that point? Because at the end of the day, you're losing the essence of this whole project. And I don't disagree with a lot of the price hikes. I feel like we're going um, closer to what the rest of the world is doing. But the one that really bummed me out was the the kids goalie. I guess this was the most recent um, issue on Twitter. But the kids goalie going for 90 when I think Liverpool was like in the 60s or something like that. That one kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And so... Again, I was okay with the membership hikes. I was okay with the TV pass. I was okay. I, I know now ticket prices are going to go up now that we're in League Two, but the the kids goalie um, kit was really bummed me out. So um, question for you. So those fan advisory meetings, do you all get any kind of feedback from that? Is there any way we know what happens? So so they do publish the, this is a little bit bugbear of mine, they do publish the minutes of those meetings. So you can see exactly what was discussed, exactly who attended, um, I was recently going back over February's minutes, um, but they do take a while to appear. So while the meeting was this week, you know they are not at liberty. The people on the, it doesn't seem like the people on that board are at liberty to discuss. I'm sure they've had terms of reference and all these other things that they can't come out and explicitly promote what they were talking about. I've, I'm led to believe there was a discussion about the COP and some of the delays around that. Um, with some of the issues, I know there's still one floodlight up some issues around that in terms of removing that to put the other floodlight up and they can get going. Um, but you can read the minutes for that. So if anyone wants to go back and look at, because look, for example, I said it in the video I did on YouTube about the stadium name change. They did tell fans in advance that they were exploring that. And the fans said, well, if the fans on that board said, if we can keep race course, if we can keep Kairas in the name, it will be pretty much acceptable because most fans are not going to use, not going to front load it with the brand name Stoke. So, and that's nothing against them. It's just they're, they're just not going to do that. Um, and, and they did that and they followed that. So, you know, good example there of they didn't catch Wrexham fans on the hop. They said they were going to do that pretty much. And they did it months later for, I'm sure, a lucrative sum. Um, but yes, fan, fan, that fan advisory board has to, I know it doesn't have kind of voting power and, and any real legislative power, but it, it at the very, very least, it's got to be a, a sounding board it's got to be you've got to give people on that board a chance to rally together questions make themselves more of a presence um and make them a kind of anchor point for fans who have issues around like you said specifically this week it's been the 90 pounds um kids goalkeeper kit um there's got to be avenues to and if anyone is who listens to this is on the fan board um one of the fans and, and you want to talk about the role or, or whatever you're able to say, then let me know. Come on and uh, always welcome to come on. I will say um, before we, we switch topics on anything, I guess optimistically speaking, everything has increased for me to watch my local team or my the Houston Dynamo. Prices are more expensive. Season tickets are more expensive. I was there this past weekend. Um, a a player-issued kit with all the patches costs 160 US dollars. Wow. So I say that, but on the field, we're still barely in the playoff race right now. So at least with Wrexham, with these price increases, you're seeing an increase in quality where on my MLS side, I'm getting price increases and I really haven't seen an increase on the field, increase in quality on the field. So at least we're seeing the the benefit of these uh, of these price hikes. 
to my last few minutes then let's just talk briefly about the squad about transfers Phil Parkinson said this week that we've got two new trials goalkeepers in we had I think it was Alfie Burnett and uh, who was the other one there was another goalkeeper I did speak to um, Josh oh, I'm going to have to find his name now because I did speak to him briefly um, about how his trial went uh, Josh Blunkle and he said look it's a great club trial went really well um, and he really enjoyed his time there they've got two new goalkeepers in this week um, and Park, he also mentioned that two free agents, unnamed that we don't know, um, he met with last week on last, I think it was last Friday, and he's still waiting on answers. So, God, by the time this comes out, maybe we'll be close to a sign or two. Um, how do you feel about the squad going into League Two, Jamal? Because we haven't made any new additions. Obviously, we've signed Foster. Um, it's been, as you can imagine on Twitter, you'll have seen a lot of people frustrated. Um, that we haven't made a move. Um, a lot of people are getting the itchy feet. Where do you stand on the squads going into the new season? I've, I've I've mentioned it before. The one thing I loved about all of Parky's moves, I felt like all the additions we made this year and even in in season were not only to win the National League, but they were to prepare us for League Two. I feel like we have a decent squad going into League Two as is, um, so I'm not too nervous about it. Um, I always go back to, again, the series when Rob and Ryan are discussing, well, do we get the, this, these acquisitions that Parky wants? And at the end of the day, Parky got the last laugh. So I have all faith in what he wants to do. I don't see whatever target they do want, I don't see them turning down Wrexham. I think the situation is so unique. Um, I mean, look what's happening with Foster. I was not worried about him coming back. It just made all the sense in the world. These guys, their their social media platforms that it's going to elevate to a whole different level once this season starts and once Hollywood goes back into marketing marketing it full throttle. I'm sure whatever target they want, they're going to want to be a part of this project. So I don't think we're missing out on players that we other otherwise would have want. I think Parky's just waiting to to pull the trigger on the right guy or guys. Yes. So I mean, I'd, I'd love to I'd love to drop in a transfer rumor or two. I don't have any. I, I should be more in the know than I am. I don't have any to give you. It is so quiet out there. Um, Rob, Ryan, Humphrey, Sean, uh, Flirt, none of them are letting anything out of the bag, which is very, very good and a good way of doing it. Very frustrating for us. Like, uh, what was it like before the takeover? Was it pretty easy to know who was coming I, in? I'd, I'd say there was a lot more loose lips before the takeover, Jamal. There were a lot more people, a lot more group chats were getting a lot more names and it was fairly obvious who, who, the, who the signings were. But you know the key. The key is going to be again, isn't it? Keeping Mullin fit, keeping Elliot Lee fit, getting Tom O'Connor in there again, getting Aaron Hayden back in there. It's exciting, you know. And 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 finally, Jamal, before we wrap it up, are you? Well, can I, can I chime in? So actually, chime in, chime in. You said you said something, and um, I hope I don't get eviscerated. But you said keep Paul Mullen fit. Those release those releases today. I saw a little <laughs> belly there. I don't know if I was the only one who caught that. A lot of people were saying that that he's had a he's enjoyed himself over the summer. I just I'm going to say that maybe the angle was not flattering, and somebody in the media teams let him down. We'll we'll, we'll see, won't we? We'll see we'll see next week. But um, I think I'm I have sure. PTSD. Um, <laughs> I, I think I have PTSD from James Harden with the Rockets. His his last season with Houston. You and me uh, both. You and me yeah. both. So fingers it's crossed. Thanks, Paul. Fingers crossed. But. Jamal, are you going to get back to Wrexham? What, what's the plan? What, what are you aiming to do in terms of coming back to Wrexham eventually? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to go when the weather's a little more forgiving. Uh, again, I, it's 38 degrees outside right now, so I'm not used. I had never seen snow before. 
So I feel like I didn't really get to enjoy the town. It was, everything was closed the night I got there. Um, I think I ate like chips in my hotel room because everyone else was closed. So I want to get, I guess, the full Wrexham experience. I want to go back. Um, I mentioned it. I forgot where else, but um, my girlfriend wasn't wasn't too thrilled that I went without her. So um, I'm I'm planning on going back with her. She's a football fan too. So planning on going back with her. Just hope it's not a, a weekend that Ryan's there because uh, you know I get a little jealous. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can understand that. And last time, yeah, you were, if anyone didn't see, you can I think you can watch um, Jamal's video of his trip on the Red Lucha. That's right, Red Lucha YouTube channel, right? Uh, red card, Red card Lucha. Um, red, I try to Red card Lucha. I, I'll put it, I'll put it in the description, Jamal, so people can find that. But it was a great video. It was uh, of your trip to Wrexham and kind of you were sat you. in the tech end, weren't you? And great, yeah. I was shivering in the tech end. Yeah, yeah. The Red card Lucha. It's a little side project I have. I try to keep them separate. Um, I don't want to feel like I'm using Wrexham to get views. So I've, I've noticed a lot of social media influencers, you say Wrexham, you're going to get a ton of views uh, with everything happening right now. So I don't want to be one of those guys. But yeah, um, especially if, if you're an out-of-towner, if you're if you're an, in, an international fan and you're considering going to Wrexham, it was basically a, a how-to guide on how to get to Wrexham, how to buy tickets and what to do once you're there. So, But yeah, definitely in the plans. Definitely want to be back this year. Right, another week because um, it is very late here. Darkness outside, not 38 degrees, um, although I look like I'm sweating probably if anyone's seeing that on, on YouTube. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, this is usually Rich's job. Jamal knows this is normally Rich's job. Thank you so much for listening. This is brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. Without them, it would not be possible to keep doing this podcast. Uh, part of the TalkSport fan network, as you hear in the intro, and also the music and the stings brought to you by Hypnotic. They're going to be releasing some new music very soon so goodbye from me goodbye from jamal and i will see you next over on the youtube channel over on tiktok over on instagram in chapel hill so if you see me section 117 at the keenan memorial stadium say hello i'll be glad to see you It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. 